Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Thank you for joining us for the ASHP Advocating for Impact podcast, where every episode covers a policy issue impacting the practice of pharmacy. We'll do our best to translate the policy and the politics to help you understand how these issues affect your practice and your profession. I'm Tom Krause from ASHP's Government Relations Team. I'll be your host for today's episode. Today, I'm joined by my ASHP colleagues, Kyle Robb and Bailey Larson. We'll be discussing recently passed legislation to create a payment mechanism for comprehensive medication management in North Dakota and model legislation that ASHP has created to help other states pass similar laws. So Bailey, can you help us kick off today's discussion by describing what comprehensive medication management is? Sure, Tom. Thanks for having me. In 2018, there was a study that showed more than 275,000 lives are lost and $528 billion is wasted every year due to our non-optimized medication use or this trial and error approach we have to medication use that we so often see in our healthcare system. So comprehensive medication management or CMM is a standard of care which involves putting the patient first. CMM involves the whole care team to ensure that the patient's medication is optimized throughout the patient care process. This evidence-based care significantly lowers overall costs while improving patient clinical care goals. It's generally focused on patients who are seeing multiple prescribers on multiple medications and with multiple chronic conditions. The patient care process of CMM involves owning every aspect related to care, even if it's not medication specific then instituting the plan and following up with the plan. I'm sure everyone listening to this podcast can think of examples of a time when medication was not managed properly for a patient. For example, a patient doesn't receive the most effective therapy or receives no therapy at all. Maybe the patient could have benefited from a pharmacogenomic test to ensure the proper dose was given or a different medication given entirely. A medication may have caused an adverse event or if the patient didn't take the medication as directed, the duration was too short or too long. Regardless of the cause, this unoptimized therapy is dangerous for the patient and costly for the system. So ensuring appropriate, effective, and safe medication use is the same as ASHP's vision that medication use will be optimal, safe, and effective for patients all the time. And so you mentioned how important this is to ASHP. And of course, we have been working with an organization called Get the Medications Right, or GTMRX. And there's a number of organizations that participate in that. Can you just describe some of the work of GTMRX around comprehensive medication management and who some of those other organizations supporting that effort are? Yeah, as you mentioned, ASHP is a founding funder. We're also on the board of directors of GTMRX. So this started in 2019, and they bring together key stakeholders, including payers, pharmacists, physicians. There's also diagnostic companies, employer groups, caregivers, and large and small health systems to advocate for best practices and information that healthcare providers and healthcare team may need if they desire to have CMM a part of the care that they provide to patients. So the GTMRX Institute is made up of over 1,100 members and getting the medications right is the whole purpose of GTMRX. So this is an opportunity for pharmacists who have this role as part of the care team. Pharmacists guard against medication misuse and open the path to achieve positive health outcomes from the use of medications. And so GTMRX has been spending a lot of its effort educating providers about comprehensive medication management and the kind of potential there and working on some policy recommendations to support comprehensive medication management. 
Bailey has been a big part of that. And the state of North Dakota learned a little bit about this. They actually had a report that they put together trying to quantify some of the harms and costs associated with non-optimized medication management in their state. And their insurance commissioner was looking for solutions to address that challenge. And so they actually reached out to GTMRX and with the support of ASHP and Kyle, we developed some legislation that they advanced. So Kyle, can you tell us a little bit about that North Dakota experience? What were they trying to solve? What did they incorporate in the bill and how will that help them improve medication management in the state? Absolutely. Yeah. And just to provide a little bit more color commentary in the background, the genesis of this bill. So it started in March, 2020. There was a bill that was passed by the legislator in North Dakota that basically ordered the state insurance department to really just sort of do a comprehensive study of healthcare costs in North Dakota and come back to the legislator with recommendations of how health spending can be curtailed to save money for North Dakotans and increase their health outcomes. So it was a wide ranging report that the Department of Insurance published in 2021 that include a lot of recommendations, but among those recommendations was medication optimization. So again, in doing this research and trying to find ways of what are the options for the state to lower healthcare costs, the North Dakota Department of Insurance did come across a lot of the materials that were developed by our friends at GTMRX and the advocacy materials that really breaking down the value proposition of implementing CMM. And they really bought into that and thought that there was a big opportunity in North Dakota. So among the recommendations they included in their legislative recommendation was to institute a requirement for all commercial health plans in North Dakota to cover CMM services with the end goal being to better manage patients' chronic diseases, increase their long-term health outcomes, and reduce the amount of hospitalizations, emergency room visits, and other forms of inefficient healthcare spending that results from poorly optimized medications. And so when you describe that, you know, assuming that the pharmacist is going to be playing some role, it sounds like being a provider might be an essential part of that. Maybe there are other ways to get at it, but you're sort of describing the team being paid for some of these essential medication management services that a pharmacist would provide. So how is this different than provider status legislation? Yeah. So in a traditional pharmacist provider status legislation, what we're really focusing on is ensuring that individual pharmacists get reimbursed for providing services that are specifically within their scope of practice or covered services within their scope of practice. So, you know, that could include one-off services that are initiated by a pharmacist, think vaccinations or diagnostic testing. It could also encompass other services that are provided via collaborative practice. The thing that's unique and different about the CMM legislation is we are really thinking at it from a holistic standpoint. You're really looking at medication optimization isn't just accomplished by one person. Now, we view pharmacists and clinical pharmacists in particular as sort of a central hub for medication optimization and comprehensive medication management. But ultimately, the role of the pharmacist in CMM is to bridge the gap across healthcare teams and across specialties and really to take a look at the patient's medication regimen from the eye of the pharmacist, from the eye of medication use across these different specialties, get the patient's primary care team, their different specialty providers on the same page and really address all issues surrounding medication use. So, you know, what is different from the North Dakota bill from a standard provider status bill is first and foremost and most apparently is it defines, it creates a legal definition of comprehensive medication management, which didn't previously exist. And it says that pharmacists must be included and compensated in reimbursement and provision of comprehensive medication management services. So specifically, it defines comprehensive medication management. It says plans have to cover comprehensive medication management. And it says also they have to cover these services from a pharmacist. So according to this law, you're not offering comprehensive medication management if you do not involve the pharmacist in your care team. 
But it sounds like that care team component is what's most important here. It's about the care team enabling that care team to provide these services and then making sure that that care team can leverage a pharmacist to kind of quarterback that medication use process. So Bailey, based on this North Dakota experience, ASHP put together some model legislation that other states could use and our partners at GTMX could leverage within their organizations. So can you tell us a little bit about that effort? Right. We wanted to make it as easy as possible for other states to achieve payment for CMM services provided by the care team. So this draft legislation is posted on our website on the CMM page for states to use as a template. So there's three key elements to this template legislation that ASHP put together. First, the legislation provides an inclusive list of comprehensive medication management services. In addition, it establishes clear authority for pharmacists to provide CMM as part of the care team. Pharmacists are licensed to provide these services. Health insurance plans do not typically reimburse care teams for providing this type of care. The second key element to this legislation, similar to the North Dakota, one was that the legislation creates a mechanism to reimburse care teams for comprehensive medication management services. Included is guidance on the rate of reimbursement for healthcare services, including services provided via telehealth. The legislation is intended to allow physician-led teams to be reimbursed for CMM services provided to their patients, including when they partner with the pharmacist to provide those services. The payments we explained could be made to the physicians that partner with pharmacists or to hospitals or clinics that employ the pharmacist on the care team or to the pharmacist providing the service. The last key element of this model legislation is utilizing existing credentialing processes by insurers. So this allows the insurers to utilize the existing credentialing process of facilities. Insurers already have relationships with hospitals and clinics to recognize their clinical staff that are credentialed to provide services at the facility, and this provision reduces the need for payers to implement a new credentialing process. So our CMM dedicated website also has a document outlining myths and facts related to the North Dakota bill that your state can use. As Kyle mentioned, this is not provider status, and we note that there's nothing in this language that expands or modifies the pharmacist scope of practice. Yeah, great. Thank you, Bailey. So just to kind of boil that down, so we've got an inclusive list of what is in comprehensive medication management clear mechanisms for reimbursement of the care team, and then an ability to kind of leverage existing credentialing and payment processes that insurers have in place so that they can facilitate this as easily as possible. That's great. So Kyle, you already told us a little bit about kind of how we distinguish this from provider status. I mean, how do you think this CMM payment mechanism fit into kind of broader efforts around reimbursement for services provided by pharmacists? Yeah, so I mean, I think so much of the challenge of what our friends at GTMRX, ourselves and everyone else who is an advocate of CMM has is really explaining what it is and how it's different from medication therapy management or MTM. CMM incorporates MTM. MTM would be encompassed into a sort of larger umbrella of CMM. But I think there is a common mistake or common misconception among policymakers that they're frequently one and the same. And when we talk about comprehensive medication management, people tend to think of sitting down, doing a medication review with the patient, coming up with an action plan and an assessment for them, and you know, getting it to the patient and faxing it to the provider's office. And that is important. There's tons of literature out there saying if you pay a pharmacist to do that, you're actually going to save more money than you spend on the encounter. But CMM is more than just MTM. It's MTM plus so much more. So when we wrote this North Dakota bill and we created the statutory definition of CMM, we made allusions to you know doing comprehensive medication reviews with patients, coming up with care plans. That's all part of it. But also, you know, CMM when done correctly 
is a much more active thing on the part of the pharmacist in which, again, you're working with a care team under a protocol, under a mutual understanding, but you are able to do more active interventions that really allows patients to get their medications optimized a lot faster than they normally would, right? So that does entail ordering laboratory tests. It does entail collaborative practice that permits the pharmacist to adjust and alter the patient's medication regimen based on their response to therapy. So we really sought to incorporate all of those things into this specific bill. And specifically in the context of North Dakota too, North Dakota also did have a program that they launched within their Medicaid program, similarly a couple of years ago, predating this, that really expanded pharmacist ability to be reimbursed for providing some of these covered services. It, for the first time, established that pharmacists can be paid separately for encounters for, you know, normalizing a patient's INR and anticoagulants or getting a patient to their A1C goal faster for diabetes or managing, you know, hypertension, hyperlipidemia and cardiovascular risk. And there was, you know, a lot of satisfaction from everybody in the North Dakota community for the Medicaid program from providers, from pharmacists, from patients saying this works really well. We want more of this. So that was sort of some of the background to this North Dakota law. So to tie this back to, you know, the question of provider status in other states and how this ties in with other states, establishing what CMM is, the importance of working together across the care team is important because we can have laws in these other states that do establish that a pharmacist is paid for any individual services within their scope of practice. But really the layer that this bill adds to it is that it adds a requirement or that's incumbent upon the payer to really understand, hey, you need to be doing things that really promote the optimization of medications across different providers. If we look at the North Dakota bill, you know, we don't have a specific mandate that the insurance company covers everything that's within the pharmacist scope of practice, but we do have a requirement for the insurer to make sure that these clinical services are available and they are available from a pharmacist. This is sort of one angle that we're coming at, you know, increasing the role of pharmacists in the care team or one option that we have. And really we have seen a banner year for activity when it comes to expanding the pharmacist role and recognition with payers across the states. So, you know, in addition to this North Dakota bill, we have had provider status bills passed in a number of different states. You know, Kyle, you mentioned some of the reimbursement mechanisms available in the North Dakota bill, and some of those are reflected in the model legislation. I just want to emphasize for folks that one distinction that this bill has from provider status is we actually intend there to be quite a bit of flexibility in how insurers reimburse the care team for these services. So one solution might be direct payment for pharmacists. In some instances, that's going to be appropriate, but there might also be flexibility for payment of the institution or using an incident to billing arrangement if that exists in a given state. Kyle, can you say a little bit about how this ties into the experiences of other states beyond North Dakota? So we've actually seen a lot of activity in 2023 when it comes to pharmacist reimbursement or so-called provider status bills, probably more so than any other year individually. So just to give a quick recap of what's going on in other states, we have had this year in Maryland passed a pharmacist provider status bill that applies to both Medicaid and commercial insurance that requires every state-regulated payer to reimburse pharmacists for any clinical services within the scope of practice. In Missouri, their Medicaid program called MoHealthNet announced that effective April 1st, they have expanded pharmacist provider service to encompass anything that's within the pharmacist scope of practice. In Virginia, we also had a bill that was passed this year, both Virginia and Wyoming actually passed bills this year that established pharmacists as providers in their Medicaid program. So again, same thing as Missouri, anything that's within the pharmacist scope of practice in those 
those states, pharmacists will now be able to individually enroll as providers in those plans and bill for services. All of that is in addition to this North Dakota bill as well that has the CMM component. And I do also just want to make a point that CMM laws and typical or prototypical provider status laws are in no way incompatible. A state could certainly have both of them at the same time. We support pharmacist provider recognition, but it is also a nice sort of added layer to add this requirement for plans to really be conscious of formulating their benefits in a way that allows for seamless team-based care and for medication optimization across different providers. Yeah, and provider status is not a prerequisite to supporting comprehensive medication management. I think there's you know, sufficient mechanisms in the comprehensive medication management legislation that would allow teams to leverage the pharmacist, even if they don't have a pre-existing provider status statute. And I also hope that in some states where there has been resistance to pharmacist provider status, this may also provide a mechanism where the team and the legislature can look at this and say, this is not about specifically empowering the pharmacist. This is about the patient getting the care that they need and making sure that the care team is positioned to do that, however, is best possible, including by utilizing a pharmacist. Bailey and Kyle, I want to thank you for your efforts on this issue and thank the folks at GTMRX for all of their contributions. We'll provide some links to information from GTMRX. They provide some great resources about best practices in delivering comprehensive medication management and some really great research supporting the kind of economic and clinical benefits of CMM services. And I also want to give a shout out to the team in the Department of Insurance in North Dakota for recognizing this as an issue and really playing a leadership role in developing and advancing this legislation. So thank you so much for joining us today for this episode. Again, please take a look at the show notes for additional information about these resources and check out ASHP's CMM page for additional resources. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official.